is up, wrestling fans? It's that time of the week for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling and call it right down the middle. That's right, it's time for this week's edition of 607 Podcast presents The Wrestling Show, better known as 607TWS. And of course, we are back in the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am the host of 607TWS and also the host of the 3FN Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me in the co-pilot's chair as he does each and every week, but you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? We shall talk some pro wrestling. Of course, is the calm before the storm, because upcoming is the holiday weekend, which means this is a slow week. Yes. Slow week. There's not as much uh, news. There's not as much events going on because, you know, as a wise man once told me when I was working in sales, nobody competes with Santa Claus. Facts. Not even mm. the World Wrestling Entertainments of the world or the mm. AEWs. I mean, they get they get plenty of sales off of Santa Claus, but nobody competes with Santa Claus. And think about it. That's This is kind of, I think, for like events and stuff it's the worst time because christmas eve's on saturday and christmas day's on sunday yeah you don't win anything so you <laughs> don't win and of course we're also in hanukkah currently mm-hmm. as we record it's the second day of hanukkah so yes. for all of our jewish listeners yeah, you know have a good hanukkah as well happy hanukkah yeah you know we got the hanukkah and for, for all the people who celebrate kwanzaa and whatever else i'd like to include whatever you believe in whatever you celebrate and for whatever reasons we don't judge any one of you we just hope you have the best fucking time you can possibly have absolutely but we do have some wrestling to talk about. It is a smaller show. It's going to be a slimmer show. We're going to slim it down to two segments in the opening contest. We are going to talk about the indie roundup. There were some indie wrestling shows, some big indie wrestling shows that we previewed last week. We're going to review all of them this week. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about some news. There is a uh, some Royal Rumble rumors rolling around. Yeah, something's breaking some, about this. Some, some catching some steam, but also, of course, there's the Mandy Rose situation. And we're going to end it off by kind of going in depth about the Brodies, because, of course, the Brodies are right around the corner. Voting is over. Open now. I'm sure Ken Emo is going to share that with you in a second, but we're going to go in more depth about it at, towards the end of the show in the second half. So, before we can go and jump into the show, Ken M, tell these fine folks how to find yourself and the ODPH podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on social media accounts. They're right there on the front page, along with the T Public Store link, the Patreon link the blogs link the music show link or music bands link everything that any is anything that has to involve the odph can be found simply at odphpodcast.com and of course if you're looking for me in the three fn podcast is simple go to three fn podcast.com we got our patreon link there we also have our t public link we got the also musical directory where you can uh, check out such bands as floodlands who does the theme song 2607 tws every week it's called ruins check them out on spotify youtube music and Bandcamp. Also, while you're there, uh, you can find friends of the show like the ODPH. Soon I'm going to do some more work there. Also, links to 607TWS, the 3FN Podcast. Of course, remember now, the 3FN Podcast Network is now three shows because we have the flagship weekly show that deals with mostly new reviews, but sometimes we dip into older ones when we don't have something new to watch. That, of course, is the flagship 3FN Podcast. But now also, twice a month, you get 3FN Horror Show where we review older horror movies and 3FN Rewind where we review older movies, period. Yes. So that's all just launched. And of course, uh, as this is out right now, the 3FN Podcast is either coming out short or 
uh, out at the same time, depending upon when you hear this show. And uh, we did Die Hard for Christmas. <laughs> yes. Well, it is a Christmas classic. It, it is a Christmas classic. I will argue that. And, of course, uh, 3FN Rewind uh, returns at the end of this week with Trading Places. But Ooh. if you want to check out any of the shows that we've done in the past, they're all reviews. Go check them out. You know, the best part about it now is we've kind of switched into more of the review end of everything. So with the exception of giving out maybe some of the box office totals and such, we're, we're pretty much, you know, you can go back anytime and listen to any review of for any movie that we've done right there on the 3FN Podcast Network. It's one channel, just 3FN. And if you need the links, 3FNPodcast.com. I think I, I kind of undersold us doing more stuff over there so i kind of wanted to get it out there because i know some people were real excited when they found out about us doing the lethal weapon for the first 3fn rewind and there's a lot of people horror fans that reached out to me were very excited that we're doing horror movie reviews again yeah no it's definitely exciting content and if you make sure that's what we always say make sure you drop that follow so you don't miss a minute of the content one channel and you get a bunch of content because think about it you get every month you get guaranteed eight shows yeah sometimes nine if there's five weeks of uh the 3fn podcast so twice, you know, so two of the rewind, two of horror show, there's four. And then if there's four weeks in a month, four, three FN flagship shows. And then on top of that, maybe a, a fifth, depending upon. Yeah. And then that's then if we decide to do a bonus review, boom, your head just explodes. Yeah. A lot of those have moved on to Patreon. So Patreon, $1 a month, three, uh, you know, patreon.com slash three FN podcast. You get a ton of extra bonus stuff. And uh, Ken is not only the president, he's also a client. Facts. As I am with his. Yes. So also make sure you're hitting up that ODPH on Patreon as well. Good. Best money you're going to spend out there. We got some other friends in the game I can lead you in the way of. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. I can. If you want to know who to support. But you know what? I, before we dive in, let's talk about supporting. Please support the indies. Whether it's indie pro wrestling like what we talk about here or whether it's the indie podcast. If you're listening to a podcast, it doesn't mean you have to join the Patreon. You can do something as simple as giving a five-star rating. Mm-hmm. You can do something as simple as subscribing or following, which helps the algorithm, and doing all of those things. Those are absolutely free. But if you do have some extra cash and you want to join a Patreon or want to buy a T-shirt from Public or wherever they do merch from, and I'm not just talking about us. No, I'm talking about in general, whatever anybody. you're supporting, mm-hmm. you know, because I understand that if you're listening to us, you probably listen to a ton of content and we have a ton of content creator friends. They're out there busting their asses. And trust me, none of us are getting rich. Yeah. You know, if they're not a celebrity, they're not a gigantic, nobody's getting rich. And every little bit counts because it just reaffirms more than anything, more than money and monetary, which it is nice to have a little bit coming in. So that way it helps pay for things like your uh, podcasting fees and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. However, every little bit helps out just for like. The sense of like, hey, I feel like I'm accomplished. Mm-hmm. Like it's a nice like thank you pat on the back every time you see somebody take the time out of their day to give you a five star rating and give you a review. Every time you see somebody is a new patron or or bought a shirt or a sticker or something from your shop, it's always a, it's always a good time. Lay down up somebody's day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like we're all out here giving you our time, our energy, and just to get that little shot back. And like I said, it doesn't have to be monetary. You drop that five star review. It does help push the algorithm. And it goes a long way to just getting the name out there and get more people involved in the conversation. That's what we do here each and every week. Or if you're a fan of wrestling, just say, hey, I listen to this great podcast. Because obviously, I think if you're listening to us, you at least think we're good. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know? you know, listen to this podcast. Hey, check it out. They're not going to pull any punches. They're going to you know, give it to you right down the middle. You might love some of their takes. You might hate some of their takes. But at least they're honest. Do that. You know, even the word of mouth stuff. Same with like the review podcast. Same if you want to get into sports edition and the entertainment edition of the ODPH and plenty other content creators that we know out there. And like I said, if you ever need a, a direction to lead, if you if you ask me a different director or Ken M uh, on, on any of the social medias or even through the, the emails on our websites, mm-hmm. 
we can point you in the direction yeah, we'll, of we'll any right podcast, there. indie podcast out there that's into your interest. Because we know people in every realm, pretty much at this point. So, mm-hmm. and I know some people who do similar stuff to us, and I, I support them, and they support us, and it's always a beautiful thing. So, I'm just saying out there, if you're listening to this podcast, that means that you're listening to independent podcasts. Please help those independent creators out, not just the podcast, but the YouTube's, the smaller YouTube channels, and and stuff. If you enjoy it, help those guys out because. And gals, sorry, mm. sorry, I don't want to leave anybody out. Uh, but also, that goes for indie wrestling too. Yeah, buy a ticket to an indie wrestling show, even if you're just an AEW guy or a WWE guy. Give something else a try. You know, order a month of Fight Plus. Four ninety nine is not going to break the bank. No, it's definitely not. And plus, you get exposure to a lot of different styles that you probably don't even know about. Like I say, it's just a quick dive into the land of independent pro wrestling, and you guarantee you're finding something. Right. Like- and I'm just saying that's just an example of something inexpensive you can do if there's a local indie show and i don't know maybe your local indie scene is bad or maybe there's not one but if you find one that's close by that's at least decent that you've read up on buy a Mm. ticket go give it a shot because you know what being at a live wrestling show is is amazing even i've been to some terrible wrestling companies we're not going to name them (laughs) but you know and you've been there too yes and guess what? I've still had fun live at the live show, making fun of how bad it was. Yes. And being with your friends. And that's really, at the end of the day, what a fan is about. So in this time of giving and receiving, be, be give, give to the, the, the content creators in the indie wrestling companies and everybody else that you love and support. That's my message for the holiday season. I'm sure they're tired of me being on the soapbox in my messages. So I guess what? I think we should talk about some pro wrestling. Let's do it. Ken M., I think you should check your watch because I believe it's time! That's right, it's time to kick off 607TWS, and even though it's a compressed version, we're still going to give you nothing, nothing, nothing but the hits. And of course, usually this would be the middle segment, but we're going to open with the Indie Roundup. The Indie Roundup is brought to you by Fight TV, more specifically Fight Plus. For $4.99 a month, you get a ton of actual awesome content from the world of boxing, MMA, slap fighting, rugby, and especially for this show's sake, pro wrestling. Because mm-hmm. for that $4.99 a month, you get all live events and replays from such companies as Game Changer Wrestling, AIW Absolute Intense Wrestling, Wrestling Revolver, now House of Glory, Glory Pro Wrestling, you know, Black Label Pro and more are being added, and we don't even we didn't even know about House of Glory till last week, right? And on top of that, a lot of them are adding their archives over the time as fight is loading them up. So now you can watch older older events that happened that you didn't even know about, all for four ninety nine a month. And it gets even better because on top of that, they give you two fight credits a month. So that really kind of drops your price down to two ninety nine a month because with those two fight credits, you can save those up and buy pay-per-views from other wrestling companies like Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky enough to live overseas or use a VPN, All Elite Wrestling, <laughs> and more right there on Fight. TV. So Fight Plus is the way to go, and it's definitely making an impact in pro wrestling. And we had a great, great lineup of uh, action that we previewed last week in the Indie Roundup for Fight Plus, but we're going to review that action right now. Are you ready to talk some independent wrestling, Ken? I can't wait. All right, let's start off with Friday night, because this past Friday night, from the Ukrainian Cultural Center in Los Angeles, California, Game Changer Wrestling presented America's Most Wanted... It was a late one if you're on the East Coast, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Pacific. But you could watch the replay all on Fight Plus, included with that Fight Plus. 
All right, the card opened up with a six-man Scrabble match, the classic GCW match, and this was probably the most star-studded one of all time. In my yeah, I, I have to agree. Because we had the young, talented up-and-comers that are in that indie scene, especially in Game Changer Wrestling, showcasing their talents. And at the end of the day, Jack Cartwheel defeated Alec Price, Cole Radrick, Jordan Oliver, All Elite Nick Wayne, and Titus Alexander in 13 minutes and 49 seconds, which is long for a six-man. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jack Cartwheel got the surprise victory. I did not have him on the, you know, no disrespect. I love me some Jack Cartwheel, but I thought this match would go to like a Jordan Oliver or an Alec Price or even Cole Radrick, who's made his way up the card, including an unsuccessful title shot. But last event uh, before this, he got a title shot for the Game Changer Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship and Nick Gage. How'd you feel about the six-way scramble match? thought it was a very solid match. I was really surprised at the length of time it got, but I was happy with it. There was nothing wrong with it, but usually they go a little quicker. And I was definitely surprised at the ending. I didn't see Jack pulling off the W. And so was an I. I mean, you know what, though? I liked it. Oh, yeah, it was cool. And I dug it, and I loved uh, those kids went in there, and they laid on the line. It made sense, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I can't. Great way to open the show. Next up was a match that on paper we were kind of like, you know, how's this going to go? But I'll tell you what, it was really, really good and probably one of the best matches I saw this one star in, not the young boy, because Mm -hmm. star boy Charlie defeated always ready Matt Cardona in 13 minutes and 25 seconds. Always ready Matt Cardona had a great match here, and he really put the young kid over. Yeah, he did. I really liked what I saw in this one. Star boy gets his biggest win ever, I have to say, in singles. Yeah, that's it's. I, I would say, yeah, because think about the star of Matt Cardona. Whether you like him or not is irrelevant. He's a gigantic star in wrestling. Yeah, thought it was very interesting. He did the Bret Hart WCW uh, uh, finger pointing. The WWE. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's done that. Uh, rumor has it, and I'm pretty much sure it's a lock, that he is returning to World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah. Uh, it seems that way, especially from his Twitter, because sometimes on his Twitter he tends to be, uh, sometimes he, he does the work, but a lot of times he's shooting on there. And he, did, he had a great picture of him and Starboy Charlie from the backup and said how, how awesome it was to work with him. And it was the most, uh, his time in Game Changer Wrestling has been the most fun he's had in the indies. Yes. So it sounds like he is wrapping it up. It definitely does. And you know what? He, I love that he's given back to GCW about this because you, you have to think when he got released and got into that program with Nick Gage and how much his career exploded after that. Oh, agreed. Now, the next matchup was started off as a one-on-one match, but you know what? When you add with value, I'm never going to complain because originally this match was just supposed to be Sawyer Wreck versus the High Priestess of the Church of Pro Wrestling, the Dark Sheik, the mm-hmm. legend. Mm-hmm. But then you added Masha Slamovich in yes. the mix. So, hey, if you're going to add a third, let it be Masha Slamovich. By the way, Masha Slamovich did win this match in eight minutes and three seconds, and these three women tore it the fuck down, in my opinion. Love this match. One of my favorite matches of the weekend. This proves if, if you're on the fence about women's wrestling and how hard-hitting they can or can't be, oh. uh, just watch this match. They, if you come for stiff, this is the stiffest you're going to see women work, period. This was strong style, 100%. Next up was the made popular by Game Changer Wrestling, the Game Changer Wrestling Lucha six-man tag match. How can you go wrong with these? Of course, Gringo Loco and Los Vipers, Latigo and Toxin defeated Ares, ASF, and Commander. 22 minutes and 40 seconds, 44 seconds. They're always going long, but I don't complain about it. Because, listen, the more Commander I can see, the better. Commander is on a whole different level, folks. There's nobody on his skill level for aerial attacks, period. I'm sorry. He was doing some stuff in this match I have never seen before. My mind was getting blown. 
Oh, this was tremendous. I love watching. Uh, all six of these guys are fucking Oh, yeah, games. absolutely. The, the, I love the fact that GCW has brought the Lucha six-man or six-man six man tag team match, sorry, to the U.S. in a big, bad way. Lucha Extreme is alive mm-hmm. and fucking well in Game Changer Wrestling. If you're not sold on normal Lucha, I understand. This is a whole other ballgame. This is, this is like Lucha mixed with... Japanese strong style mixed with the American style. It's a tremendous, tremendous style Absolutely. going on. And one of the best homes you can see it in is Game Changer Wrestling. Next up, we had... Oh, by the way, they did break the bottom rope in this match. Mm-hmm. So everybody was kind of curious of what happened with the bottom rope because we're getting ready. The next match was between Joey Janela and Pagano, which Joey Janela did come out a la Jake the Snake Roberts with a gigantic fucking python or boa constrictor. That thing was massive. Dude, it looked like an anaconda. It was yeah. gigantic. I, I would not have felt comfortable because it was way bigger than Joey. Yeah. And it took a few people to get out of the ring. So a lot of people thought that they took down the bottom rope to get the snake out. No, no, no. The bottom rope was broken. <laughs> That's why it never got put back up. It, it happened during the Lucha 6-way uh, tag. So, yeah. at the end of the day, though, your uh, the GCW Extreme title was on the line. Your champion, Joey Janela, against Pagano. Uh, if you're not familiar with Pagano down there in Mexico Ooh. from AAA mostly, but he's wrestled all over the place, you should get familiar, especially yes. if you like a hardcore style of wrestling because he's one of the best hardcore luchas out there. Joey Janela, of course, got the victory in 18 minutes and 9 seconds to still be the GCW Extreme Champion. Your thoughts on this match? Brutal match. And that one chair clothesline spot looked horrific. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that one I went, oh, like I literally jumped out of my chair because I was like, I literally thought he got his head split wide open. Oh, man, it was it was a tremendous match. I loved uh, the, both of them in there. They had some great chemistry. I hope to see that ran back at some point in juncture. Yes. Speaking about surprise matches, we got another match that was not listed on the card originally as Willie Mack returned to Game Changer Wrestling as he defeated Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy fucking Lloyd in six minutes and 21 seconds. Jimmy Lloyd, the all-star player that you can put in any situation, gets a great match with Willie Mack. Yeah, very solid match, and especially impromptu. Can't go wrong with this. I love me some Willie Mack. So. Yes. Next up, we had the match that we've been watching, all the vignettes and storyline. Everybody's been in depth with it. If you have not seen it, go to Game Changer Wrestling's YouTube channel. Just check out the Charles Mason and Alley Catch uh, vignettes that are on there. Mm-hmm. That'll explain the story. It's a great story that they're telling and continuing to tell as Charles Mason, the root of all evil, took on Effie to a no contest, 15 minutes and 30 seconds. I uh, had to go to a no contest for two reasons. First of all, we got the guy who delivered the message to Alley Catch last time they were in Los Angeles he returned but this time he delivered piano wire which we know Charles Mason loves to use yeah, Charles Mason, with it. he was about to choke out daddy with the piano wire expire him if you will mm-hmm. and Ali Catch made the save but then out of the crowd we got a goon a giant goon wearing the ski mask and as that goon came to the ring I knew exactly who it was by the way right away because obviously I've seen this person wrestle a right. ton of times. But still, I liked how they brought it in as a surprise. Destroyed Alley Catch. Gave Alley Catch the finisher that we've uh, all come to know as the Twink Killer. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that would be the man himself, Pero. Yeah. The daddy of daddies. Uh, if you guys don't know, Pero did win a match against Effie a few years ago at Effie's Big Gay Brunch, where the winner was the daddy of daddies. So Pero, who is the daddy of daddies, is now a goon and associated with Charles Mason. This was wild. This could be very bad for everybody in GCW and everywhere else Charles Mason rolls because if he's got Pero behind him. Yeah. Did not see this coming, but my God, I'm here for this. Like this was this storyline is just picking up more steam and it's getting more better as it's going on. 
You know what I also love about this storyline? First of all, I will say this. Charles Mason, whether you like him or not, he's a great fucking heel. Oh, my God, yeah. He's tremendous at his job. He's creepy. He's psychotic. He gives you those vibes of American Psycho. Yes. Very much so, because he's supposed to be rich. I mean, when he comes to the ring, he weighs in as a fuck ton of money is what yep. he says he weighs in at. And he's usually coming from his vacation home somewhere. Mm-hmm. So he says he's rich. and and But at the same time, he doesn't play the normal rich boy character. He's a psycho. He's a fucking psychopath that tries to kill people. And including in one vignette with Joey Janela, he did kill a psychiatrist in the vignette. Yes. And the body was behind him, and Joey Janela thought I was taking a nap. Yeah. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> but anyways, he's such a great character, and so much that he puts into that character, and I really, really, really do enjoy it. But you know what else I enjoy is, as you know, we are supporters of the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times in situations of storylines, a lot of people like to get hokey around that community. Game Changer Wrestling is one of those that is, they put on Nuffy's Big Gay Brunch. They're very good to the community, very good to trans wrestlers, very good to uh, wrestlers in the family. And even with this storyline, they didn't take it to that really hokey spot. Right. You know, Paro as a gay man, the daddy of daddies, Effie as a gay man, you could have gone to that well, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like, why is Paro teaming up with Charles Mason. Why did Perro dye his hair blonde? Yeah. Is there something, is there more of a story? Is this, you know, even though he has conquered Effie and he's the daddy of the daddies, why is it that way? And of course, you know, Ali Catch, who is, who's queer and she's in the, in the group as well. Like you're doing the story without, and then the save was made by the dark Sheik, who's a trans woman. Mm-hmm. And so you're involving all of the LGBTQ plus family, but not involving it in some hokey fucking stupid storyline that we've been accustomed to as wrestling fans. Yeah. So I have to take my hat off about that, honestly. Yeah, no, it's been great. Like everything they've done to set up the storyline and just made it the storyline, not not done any of the hokey nonsense that you've touched upon. They've really just fine-tuned it, and this has just become some compelling story. And I, and once again, I, I, I love what, they, uh, you know, what Effie brings to the table in Game Changer Wrestling behind the scenes as well in front of the scenes is so important. And uh, I think this is another testament to that. And I'm loving where they go. Ali Cash is doing an amazing job in this feed. Yes. Effie's doing an amazing job. Charles Mason is knocking it out of the park. He's just killing it. And now adding in Pero. And of course, Thrussy being, uh, you know, by the way, Dark Sheik with a baseball bat is intimidating as fuck. Yes. <laughs> Dark Sheik looked like she wanted to kill a motherfucker. Yeah. And and probably would have. Let's be honest. It mm. is Dark Sheik. Dark Sheik has fucking been hardcore before hardcore was a thing. Facts. So uh, it was awesome to see the third member when it's bussy, when it's just Effie and Alley catch. Mm-hmm. It's thrussy when you add in uh, uh, the wonderful Dark Sheik, and Dark Sheik made the save with a baseball bat. So I can't wait to see where we go from here. Yeah, I could definitely see uh, Dark Sheik and Charles Mason sooner than later. It's gonna I happen. think that's going to happen. I also wouldn't be surprised if at some time we don't get a three on two, or maybe we get another goon. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But I think it's pretty awesome and telling, and I think they're doing a great job, and they should be commended for that, by the way. Absolutely. Next up, we had the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team titles on the line as Los Macisos, Ciclope and Miedo Extremo, uh, took on Legends of the West Coast, the, the Rock Nest Monsters, BHK, and Yuma. This match got 12 minutes and 10 seconds at the end of the day, and still your Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Champions, Los Macisos. By the way, I got to give this a shout out. This is the uh, one of the first Los Macisos matches we saw that wasn't like a death match. There was a little bit of door usage and chairs, but yeah, not the- over... But not over abundantly. Yeah, definitely not uh, the typical Los Macisos match, which is not a bad thing. No, this was good. I this really enjoyed very seeing a good. different side of Macisos. Yeah, because we've always seen him in death matches. I mean, I think the only time was what that uh, destroyer from the top rope through yeah. the through the door. But still, this was a, just a solid match, and these guys can go. Like I think that we always, you know, pair them with the death match style. 
but they can actually do hardcore. They can actually wrestle regularly. Well, Ciclope is a deathmatch legend. Yeah. And Miedo Extremo is to an extent as well. And as a tag team, they are the, one of the best in, the, in that line. So seeing them expand out and seeing it in this match against a very good tag team in the Rock Nest Monster, mm-hmm. very cool. And finally seeing them in GCW was awesome as well. Yes. Agreed. Very, very awesome. Agreed. Uh, next up was the main event of the evening. If you were watching on Fight, we're going to get to the real main event after and why that happened. But the the main event of the evening, if you're watching on Fight, was for the Game Changer Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship. Your champion, the man, the king, the, the god, god of this, this shit. shit, Nick fucking Gage, going one-on-one with... 607 TWS's favorite asshole, Tony Deppin. This match got 26 minutes and 42 seconds. Long-ass match. Yeah. At the end of the day, and still Game Changer Wrestling World's heavyweight champion, Nick fucking Gage. So, first of all, let's talk about the match. I thought this match was really good, and it was nice to see. There was hardcore elements, mm-hmm. but it was nice to see a Nick Gage match also that wasn't deathmatch-focused. Yeah, no, I thought this match definitely brought a lot of different elements out and seeing Nick... Not in his usual comfort zone, like I mm. say, with, with the death match. He, Tony was really pushing him to have a regular match. I mean, obviously, there was a little hardcore elements of here. Of course, things got brought involved. Of yeah, course. Little, but, but the fuckery was involved, but not to an extent of a death match. Right. So to see that get all mixed together in the ring, I thought it was a really telling sign. And I was, thought this match was very, very good. I was, I was mad about the outcome, but I understand why. I, I agree with you. And, of course, we, we have found out that there's going to be an event in January. Not the first event, but the event in January where we're going to see for what's being built the final time, Nick Gage versus the bulldozer Matt Tremont. Yes. And it's being built as the final time. So we'll talk about that more when the event gets closer, but that was a cool reveal as well. Yeah, I was not expecting that. I did not that. expect that, and I also didn't expect to see in big words the final time. Yeah. So, you know, hey, both of those guys deserve all of their, their fucking deathmatch legends, mm-hmm. period. And, uh, you know, got to give it up for him. But Tony Deppin, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah. It's going back to that uh, John Wayne Murdoch versus Alex Cologne here. Although I don't think we're going to get that same build because I honestly think that uh, Tony Deppin is signing elsewhere. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the only reason, in my opinion, the only reason he didn't get this is he's a Ring of Honor slash AEW bound, which is great for him. Well, I said that this was the fight main event because there was a final main event for the house crowd because... El Hijo de Vikingo took on Blake Christian. Now, the problem is, is that this match was made, advertised, bringing uh, El Hijo for multiple shows for mm-hmm. Game Changer Wrestling. Hopefully, that's still a go. Unfortunately, at the last minute, AAA did AAA things and wanted money for him to appear on Fight.TV. Mm. And, of course, Brett, to his credit, did not cave and said, okay, then we just won't put the match on Fight, which sucked for us at home. But I understand if somebody's trying to strong arm you, Fuck that noise. Exactly. And AAA has been known to do that. And it works in Mexico. And it probably works with some other promotions that don't stand up. But good on fucking Brett. And also good on him for not taking it out on El Hijo de Vikingo. Mm-hmm. But uh, that match, from what I understand, was very good. Eight minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, El Hijo de Vikingo wins the match. And a good bang, little banger. Wish we would have gotten to see it so we can't cover it. But AAA doing AAA things. And I expect nothing less from them because I know a lot about AAA. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about America's Most Wanted, Ken M? thought it was a very solid card. I really was surprised at the main event, but obviously you put one and one together and you can kind of understand that route because I got a feeling I have an idea who Nick is going to lose the belt to eventually. Mm-hmm. So 
I, and I think it's going to be Jordan Oliver. Oh, that'd be a good one. He's he's a training buddy. Yep. I think he's ready for that main belt, belt I, push as well. I think that's going to happen at Joey Janela Spring Break. I'm just going to put Ooh. the karma out there early now. I will hope to see that when it happens and goes down WrestleMania weekend. Yes. Or week, technically, because I think usually uh, GCW starts the collective on Wednesday, and usually Spring Break takes place on Thursday or Friday. Mm. Especially now. Well, actually, one night takes place on Thursday, one night on Friday, especially now that WrestleMania is two nights. Yeah. All right. Let's move over to Saturday because Fight Plus was not done hitting out bangers. And House of Glory of Revelations coming to you from New York's uh, La Boom in New York City, Queens, New York, to be exact. At first, I thought they were at the Melrose, and then I'm like, no, there's no uh, balcony. Right. And then I was like, oh, La Boom is just doesn't have a balcony. Kind of looks similar to Melrose, though. Does look a little similar. So this was coming to you from uh, the the good old uh, La Boom. Uh, that's where MLW does their shows when they're in. Uh, New York City. That's where it looked familiar. Okay. Yes. By the way, uh, we won't talk about commentators on this show. No. <laughs> uh, next up. So let's talk, get off. The night opened up for the HOG Cruiserweight Championship. Your champion, Mighty Monte, taking on Nolo Katana. 12 minutes, 32 seconds at the end of the day. Mighty Monte is still your HOG Cruiserweight Champion. What did you think about this opening contest? Very solid match. This was a good opener. It was fast paced back and forth. What you expect from cruiserweights? Uh, I've wasn't. I'm not too familiar with neither gentleman. I have seen them before. I have, last time I saw Nolo Catano, I wasn't super impressed. I wasn't disappointed, but I wasn't super impressed. This time I was super impressed though. Mm-hmm. That's not the only time you're going to hear that name tonight. Yes. Uh, next up, we had uh, Carlos Ramirez defeat the One Call Manders six minutes and thirty eight seconds after One Call Manders got jumped on the stage. Yeah, when they kind of did that, it was like, uh, you know how this is going to play out. Then we had the HOG Women's Championship match. Your champion, Violetta, defending her title against Masha Salamovich, making that coast-to-coast flight. Yeah. 13 minutes and 42 seconds at the end of the day. And still, HOG Women's Champion, Violetta. Very good match, by the way. Extremely good match. I'm not tons familiar with Violetta, and I'm very impressed. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see more. Next up, the HOG Crown Jewel title was on the line, and it was an open challenge. Your HOG Crown Jewel champion, Charles Mason, also making a cross-country flight, uh, taking on Lince Dorado. Yeah, I did not expect We did find out about this earlier in the day. Originally, it was open to anybody, but earlier in the day, it was announced it was going to be Lince Dorado. In the exact tweet, I do not have in front of me, but Charles Mason basically on Twitter said, hey, last night, I, I almost killed Effie. I've got blood on me still. I took a cross-country flight. I'm going to come and rip that little kitty mask off your face and then gouge your face. Hmm. Or no, rip your face off and wear it. Yeah. Well, he did rip the mask. Yes. And the mask did come off. (laughs) And uh, due to the mask coming off and Lince Dorado trying to protect his face, although they didn't do it immediately, there was a little back and forth. After 14 minutes and 43 seconds, and still your HOG, crown jewel champion, Charles Mason. It was a very, very solid match. I didn't see the tweet, so I was genuinely surprised when I saw him because, like I said, I was not expecting to see him, but I was super happy about this, and I'm interested to see if this is going to get ran back. Agreed. Next up was the HOG Heavyweight Championship match where your champion, Jacob Fatu, was going up against the national treasure, Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis cut one hell of a heel promo before the match, calling Queens a trash hole. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And, uh, of course, though, at the end of the day, 11 minutes and 53 seconds, and still your HOG World Heavyweight Champion, Jacob Fatu, although I thought that title was changing hands a couple times. They definitely told a good story here. Loved the brutality in this one, and Jacob Fatu. I mean, what can you say? I, I Listen fucking tremendous yeah uh next up 
after well, there was intermission. By the way, that was part of the promo because Nick Aldis said, "Hey, I told him if I'm not going to be in the main event, they can put me before intermission so I can get out of this shithole." Yeah. I loved it. Uh, next up, we had uh, the six-way scramble match. They did a six-way scramble, and Nolo Katano, who was not supposed to be in the match, forced his way into this match as he defeated Ben Rutten, Michael Fane, Ninja Number One, and Ninja Number Two, which are basically his accomplices. Mm-hmm. And Santa Claus is played by Joey Silver in nine minutes and two seconds. And by the way. This match was for the number one contendership of the HOG Cruiserweight title. So the man who lost his shot at the Cruiserweight title is now your number one contender because he forced and bullied his way into the six-way scramble. Reasons, but I'm not mad about actually, it. Actually, this was one of the storylines from the night that I actually was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, it was interesting. Because I would like to see that other match ran back. Mm-hmm. Especially with stipulation. Next up was a match that got a lot of people to watch this show. And I have a lot to say about this match. Kenta... Goes one-on-one with low-key, uh, 23 minutes and 30 seconds to a no contest. Okay, this is my problem. So the build to this match was great. 17 years ago, low-key lost to Kenta at a Ring of Honor show. Mm-hmm. 17 years ago. 17 years later, we're getting the rematch. 17 years in the making. Did a great job promoting that. Low-key, one of the greatest strikers in the history of pro wrestling. If you're not familiar, you should get familiar with Absolutely. On the other side, Kenta. Probably the greatest striker in the history of pro wrestling. Top three, easy. So you're going to have this match. Styles mix. We've seen it before, and it was a classic 17 years ago when they were young. Now they're a lot older. They're the veterans, and they're doing this. They're still high level as fuck. Mm -hmm. This match was phenomenal until the finish. Yeah. For whatever reason, we have cops, HOGPD, trying to cuff fucking low-key, and I understand low-key does the Hitman gimmick. Yeah, but just time and place for this was unnecessary. And a no contest on a match that we all... I want to fucking finish. Unless they're going to try running it back and try making some weird storyline. I I agree with you. I didn't get this, and I'm sitting there just going like, really? And then it lasted too long, and it was really... I I think the the crowd was very pissed off. Uh, As they should have They didn't want a no contest, especially it was a great match up until that point. Yeah, there was no purpose for this. Like, the only thing I could have thought of is that they kind of agreed not... They agreed to have him not lose. However, I don't think Kenta has that problem, because we've seen Kenta lose. Yeah. Like, it just... It doesn't add up right now doing the optic test, like, watching it, because you had a classic on your hands, and just to end it that way... It just really took away from all the work that was put into it. I'm sorry. Like this that's how I feel about it. I was just like, this is extremely huge of a letdown. Well, the next match was for the HOD World Tag Team Champions. And uh your champions, them boys, the Briscoes, Mark and Jay Briscoe, defending the titles against the main event, Jay Lyon and Midas Black. If you're not if you've never seen the main event, check them yes. the fuck out. They are fucking awesome. They have a they have a great gimmick. You have Jay Lyon, who's a lucha lion, and then you have uh, Midas Black, who has like the he does like the circus ringleader gimmick. Mm-hmm. It's really cool, and they can both really go in the ring. I, I think these two guys are are super underrated. I don't think enough people talk about them, and they got a chance to go out there in the main event against them boys in a two out of three falls match. The first fall went was kind of weird, but I agreed with it. It was a one minute and five seconds into the match when Jay Lyon picked Mark, pinned Mark Briscoe. Now, the stipulation was the first match was a normal rules match. Right. Then after that, it became hardcore match for the next two falls. Mm-hmm. Jay Briscoe let him, or, or sorry, Mark Briscoe let him pin him so they could get to the 
using the weapons, kick the shit out of you throughout the building. Yeah. Which he pointed to his head like smart. Yes. Did that come back to bite him in the ass? We'll find out in a second. The second fall, seven minutes and 17 seconds into the match, uh, Jay Briscoe pinned Midas Black. Now we're 1-1. We're going to the third fall. And in uh, the total time, so 10 more minutes and 20 seconds, because the total time was 17 minutes and 37 seconds, Jay Lyon pinned Mark Briscoe for your new HOG World Tag Team Champions, the main event. What did you think of the main event? I was surprised. This is one of the first uh, few times I've seen them, actually. So uh, the fact they got the big win over the Briscoes, this was huge. Love this match. I really thought they told some really interesting stories. And what, what else can you say, man? The Briscoes are the Briscoes. Absolutely. I thought this was a great match. I thought both teams, I thought the main event got to showcase their stuff. The Briscoes are always going to give you the top tier uh, stuff and uh, no complaints from me at all. Yeah. All right, there's one more event that went down on Fight Plus this past weekend, and that was on Sunday, 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 from St. Louis, Missouri at the South Broadway Athletic Club. Glory Pro Wrestling was back for December to Rismember 2. On the pre-show, Ethan Price defeated Shoda. Yeah, I was surprised about hearing this. Shoda and Ethan Price on the pre-show. Yeah. Which is interesting to me. All right, let's jump into the actual card. Kenny Alfonso defeated Lucky Ali in the opening contest. Very good opener. Solid opener. Next up, we got the match that I thought was going to go on later in the night, but it went on early as uh, the American Wolf, Davey Richards, defeated the National Treasure, Nick Aldis. Yeah, I was surprised at the placement of this match, but great match, though. By the way, there's no times on the on the reporting, so I can't tell you the times. That's the only reason I'm not mentioning them. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, in the Battle of the Jakes, Jake something defeated... Dad bod Jake Manning <laughs> <laughs> to uh to 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 be the supreme Jake, I guess. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it was what it was, but I'm not mad about it. I thought this match was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh next up there was a four-way match, and Dan the Dad defeated David Vega, Laney Luck, and Warhorse to rule the day there. That was a great match. Dan I, the I, Dad ruling ass. Yeah, I'm I'm entertained every time I see him. Next up, we had Ali Catch defeat Trisha Dora. This was a solid match. This is one of my favorite yes. matches of the weekend. And then followed by the six-man tag team match, Heather Reckless and the Hustle and the Muscle, Rohit Raju and Xavier Walker defeated Locked and Loaded, Jesse V, Mark Wheeler, and Taylor Rising. Great match. By the way, we're our fans of Rohit Raju. Yes, <laughs> big time. So I was very happy with this outcome. Next up, we had a tag team street fight where Mike Outlaw and Raheem De, De La Suede defeated Moses and Tootie Lynn. The, the heels ruled the day. Yeah, the heels are having a huge day. By the way, is there any company where Mike Outlaw works where he's not a heel? Because I, I he's one of the pure heels in this business. Yeah. Him and Charles Mason. Yeah, I was going to say. And last but not least, in the main event of the evening for the Crown of Glory Championship, your champion, Camar- uh, sorry, Camaro Jackson, taking on Cody Lane at the end of the day, and still your crown of glory champion, Camaro Jackson. Great match. I fucking like this match a lot. Yeah. I think both of these guys are super underrated. I'm glad that they got to show uh, their talents to a big audience and a big stage in the main event, so good on them. Glory Pro does a lot of good things, so if you're not familiar with them, you got to get more familiar. Well, coming up on the weekend, there is no major wrestling events going down on Fight Plus because it is Christmas weekend, but there's a lot, another big, huge weekend coming up on New Year's Eve weekend, so the following weekend, because I know AIW's got a big show coming up, plus Game Changer Wrestling's got their New Year's shows both in Atlantic City coming up that weekend as well, and we will be covering them next week for the Indie Roundup. But that's going to do it for this week's Indie Roundup. And we're going to take our one and only break of the show. 
when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about the Mandy Rose news. We're going to talk about rumors in the uh, WWE Royal Rumble. And lastly, we're going to go down and give you all the, the, the particulars about how you can vote in the Brodies. All that and more when we come back from the break. Wrestling fans, are you ready? Let's get ready to rumble! Let's get ready to rumble! It is the second half in the main event of this week's edition of 607T. WS. We got a little bit of news and rumors to talk about before giving you the lowdown of the Brodies and how you can vote uh, coming up because obviously there is a little more than a week to vote and we mm-hmm. want your vote to count and want you to lock it in. So let's start off with some news and we're going to start off with the more controversial news, shall we? Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, this past Tuesday or Tuesday on uh, NXT. We saw the impromptu match between the winner of the Iron Survival Women's match, Roxanne Perez, taking on the NXT Women's Champion, Mandy Rose. Mm-hmm. Mind you, this match was supposed to go down on January 10th at New Year's Evil, so it all struck all of us by surprise that they were doing on NXT. Mm-hmm. Most people thought at the time that it was some ratings boost, whatever, whatever. At the end of the day, in an upset victory, if you will, Roxanne Perez is your new NXT Women's Champion. Yes. The very next day, Wednesday, we found out that World Wrestling Entertainment had come on the termination of Mandy Rose. Yeah. And boy, did the internet strike back. (laughs) Uh, Although, I'm going to say this. As controversial as this will sound, and I don't think it's that controversial, but as controversial as this will sound, I do not think that WWE, in this case, was in the wrong. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you why there was a lot of outrage out there. And I understand fans are fans and will never tell you not to be a fan of who you're a fan of. And it's not, and I, once again, I respect everything that Mandy Rose did. You could do all of this and agree with something. Mm-hmm. You see, what she was fired for is that it came out that she has a fan time uh, subscription website. Yeah. Which is account. kind of like yep. through, it's kind of like an OnlyFans, but not OnlyFans. Right. It's like an account, but it's the same setup. Same for the setup. Most part. For $25 a month, you could be a subscriber there. And then you could tip Mandy Rose or you could. You know, pay extra for extra content, if you will. Hmm. Kind of like OnlyFans. If you're not familiar, that's the kind of setup that they have at OnlyFans. Same setup Mandy Rose had there. And WWE did know about this site and mm-hmm. did know that she was doing it. 
And for the most part, it was kind of like a thirst trap site for a long time. Bikini shots, you know, her doing different things in the day. Very nothing, you know, you know, nothing really. I shouldn't say lewd or out of line. Right. And that's kind of why I think that they let it fly. Well, about a month and a half ago, some things started to happen there. Uh, first, it started off with she her doing a pool, topless pool Q&A, where you could definitely see her nipples. Mm-hmm. Little veil, but whatever. Fast forward, and they were quote-unquote leaked, but photos and stuff leaked from her site. Uh, I wouldn't say leaked. They were on the internet anyways, but... She put them out there for subscription, and there was plenty, and we saw the photos for yep. journalistic purposes only, I, mm-hmm. I assure you, uh, but there was plenty of, you know, nipple shots. Uh, you could you didn't you didn't see the, the, the JJ, if you will, but you could see that she shaves and takes care of that very well. You saw enough. Yeah, you saw enough. And then uh, there was the shower scene with mm. her and her fiance, where from the pictures we saw, it looked like a softcore porn. Yeah. I'm assuming that's what got her fired. I'm assuming that everybody understands this. Now, the reason I said I don't blame them for doing it is because inside of a company where it's a PG company, where they sell things to advertisers as a PG company, whether you like it or not, that's what they do. And when Mattel's on the line, and allegedly when Mattel found out about this, they threatened to pull their contract with them, mm-hmm. allegedly. Right, allegedly. And that's a lot of money coming into a contract from the biggest toy maker on the planet as we could agree, mm-hmm. yeah, something was going to get done. And now it gets into the avenue of people saying, well, she has the right to do that. You're absolutely right. And I don't knock her hustle. Mm-hmm. And I heard she's making pretty good money over there. Right. And I don't knock the hustle. Trust me. I Once again, I was not offended by anything I saw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen far, far worse on the internet. I, exactly. However, you have to understand that not just her in WWE, but even you at home right now, when you work at places... And I'm not going to name job. Me, I work for a mom and pop operation, so I'm, I'm pretty good there. Mm-hmm. Ken works for a, a corporation. Yeah. I uh, used to work for the same corporation. We're not going to talk about We don't talk about work. Mm-hmm. However, what I will say is in that corporation, if you got caught with an OnlyFans account like that, they could terminate you. You mm-hmm. know how I know? Because it's in their rules and procedures that you sign. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe me, you better check your job if you work for any corporate entity. Uh, internet stuff has become a part of the corporate world. Trust me, as somebody who is a manager in the corporate world and did HR things, it's been a part of the corporate world now for about a decade. Yeah, I was going to say. And at least as years. it evolves, they evolve with it. We've seen teachers fired over OnlyFans accounts. We've seen people who work in other public avenues fired over OnlyFans accounts. Whether it's wrong or not, we don't get to decide that. The company does. And when you sign up and you sign that paper, you give them the right to do so. A lot of companies also say that you can't talk negatively about them on the internet. Mm-hmm. That is the, the corporation that Ken works for and I used to work for. That is definitely in their paperwork. And they will talk about your Facebook account if they see something on there that's, that is not to their liking. And once again, you can say, but that's my right. You're absolutely right. But when you sign that paperwork, it is their right to protect their IP. Mm -hmm. And whether you agree with it or not, and I'm not saying I necessarily agree with her being fired. I just understand why it happened. And I think everybody else should understand why it happened as well, because it makes sense. Ken, before we dive into anything further, just on the firing alone and what I said, is it right, wrong? How do you feel about it? No, I agree with you about this. I mean, like I say, I, I have no personal problem with anything she was doing, but I understand the, the legality behind WWE releasing her because of this, because they are a company that is with a lot of investors as a publicly traded company. They have a lot more things to worry about 
And thus, the image that was coming off with this is not something that, they, that their advertisers and sponsors were very happy with. So they had to make a swift decision about it. Like I say, personally, I have no problem with anybody doing a, a, a service that Mandy was doing. None. I like doesn't bother me one bit. But I understand why WWE did that. Right, and that's I'm not defending them completely. I know they have plenty of skeletons in their closets. Most of you will remind me of in mm-hmm. a second. However, I understand why they did it. Now, part of those skeletons and part of the reasoning that people came to the defense of, which trust me, according to her, she doesn't need a defense. But part of the reason that people came to the defense was different reasons, and I'm going to take time to tell how stupid some of these sound. I'm sorry. First of all, the Vince McMahon situation. Oh, for this is a company for years that had a sexual predator who did all the things that Vince McMahon did, and they fire her for this. Well, part of the reason she was fired was because of that. Because, unfortunately, the company suffered enough black eye when the things came to light with Vince, and is continuing to suffer, that anything sexual is going to be held under a microscope. Unfortunately, bad timing for her. And that doesn't mean, oh, well, she didn't, she didn't get away with it because she's a woman, he's a man. No, I'm sorry. That's not how it works. It just happens to be a bad time. Perfect example of this. Gino Carano getting fired from Disney. She said a lot of waxy fucking MAGA fucking QAnon garbage. And if you agree with that, sorry, it's garbage. And I, I don't apologize for that. It's mm-hmm. garbage. But she said a lot of that shit and they never took action. When did they take action? When she made a reference about Jewish people. The anti-Semitic comments, what got her canned? The reason being is that it will take you one Google search to find out about Walt Disney's past. The man Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. And why they don't want people sniffing around with anti-Semitism. As soon as she brought up a thing where, oh shit, people might look in the past and find out that the creator of this company was also a very public anti-Semite. That's not good for our bottom line. We got to pull the plug. That's why she was fired. That is also why Mandy Rose was let go. She mm-hmm. picked a bad time to come out with some sexual stuff after the predatory stuff of Vince McMahon. So that, that I think that explains why that's not a good excuse. Ken, is that right or do you have a problem with it? No, I have no problem with that. Like I say, it's like I said, touch them on. When you deal with a company like that, you have a lot more eyes watching you, and especially with the Vince backlash that they're still feeling and how many, however months it's been removed now, they still have a, a big microscope on them, especially with the next year coming up with the TV rights being up for sale. They have a lot that they have to worry about with this, and they cannot afford any bad publicity. That's I, I've, I agree with you. They can't afford any more than they've already gotten. Yeah. So number two that I heard on the defense list was that back in the day, Sable and Tori Wilson and Maria Canellas and a whole bunch of people posed for Playboy. What's the difference? Well, back then, A, they weren't PG. Mm-hmm. The last Playboy pose was in 2011. 2013 is when the company went PG. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't in the PG era, and that was before they were selling to advertisers as a family-friendly PG mm-hmm. company. There is a big difference because the money that comes in is from advertisers, such as Mattel. Yeah. So when those big contracts are made, they need to be made under the fact that this is a PG product. As much as people hate the PG era, it's been what's made WWE a ton of money, hence why it was a smart business move. Whether you like it or not is, is, is inconsequential. Whether you understand it or not is also inconsequential. You just need to know money runs the world. And you can choose to not watch, and that is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But to use the Playboy stuff, I also heard, oh, it's because they did it through WWE. That's right. Playboy was sponsored yeah. WWE. Those deals were made in occurrence. By the way, they made good money. You ever hear Sable bitch about her Playboy fucking money? Yeah. Not not so much anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? She's married to Brock Lesnar, so if she had a problem, do you think Brock would be where he's at? Mm-hmm. Just throwing it out there. But anyways, and she did have issues with WWE, and that's more of 
Vince McMahon being sleazy. Yeah, that, so but that's a whole, whole different, issue. yeah. And once again, that doesn't justify what happened. Right. But you can lean to understand. So Playboy, when they had a deal with Playboy before they were selling themselves to advertisers as a PG company, is a whole nother beast than now as a PG company selling themselves to advertisers, including Mattel as a PG company, and a sex thing coming out from one of your workers. Totally looked upon differently. Mm-hmm. Next was, oh, the internet thing that they were big on. Yes, they tried to instill that internet ban from Twitch and everything. That went to the wayside a long time ago. Yeah. They knew about this site. Absolutely. They also probably were monitoring the site. So don't believe it was an internet leak. They just saw it probably get more. Now, mind you, nobody's spoken on it, but I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't a conversation at some point like, hey, you're going a little too far. Oh, I'm sure there was. But don't be surprised if what once here's the thing. They might have even kept it under hat and been like, hey, listen, you know, maybe Iggy her about it and said, hey, listen, you might want to calm it down. If this ever comes to light, it's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. And she didn't think anything about it because she's making money. And then it came to light. So the leaks, if you will, were that coming to light. Yeah. So, I mean, if she wants to go after the people who leaked it, who paid for her service and then use the photos in a way they shouldn't have, I guess, that's on her. And that's her, that's her decision. Yeah. But once again, I'm just saying, once I don't care what she was doing, but right. she violated a company policy. She got fired for it. At the end of the day, it's the paperwork she was already signed up for. And being a representative of WWE is in that state, in that contract that's, that stated what she could and couldn't do. And then if it was a violation, I'm sure they did speak to her. My opinion about this, she, she was spoken to about it. And then obviously it wasn't anything that was a big issue. And then when it came up now, yeah, they had to take action. And last but not least, and this is the excuse that bothered me the most, and I am going to have a little bit of a rant about it. The last excuse was, well, nothing happened to Seth Rollins. Nothing happened to, to uh, who else got Page. it? Page. Page. Well, we're going to get to that because that's the one that really bothered me the most. Page and Xavier, nothing happened to, you know, and the list goes on of people whose photos were leaked. Alexa Bliss had some photos he le- leaked a while ago. That was during the fappening, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a bunch of leaks. Well, yeah. first of all, there's a difference between putting shit out there and a leak. Yeah. Like, what we call a leak for this Mandy Rose situation is somebody took the photos that she took and was selling for her subscription service on the internet, and they took the photos, and then they put them on Reddit and the internet. Mm-hmm. That is not really a leak. It is more of a copyright issue. Yeah. They took, because technically you're not supposed to screenshot photos and share them to other services, although it happens all the time and you should have known it was going to happen because it happens with OnlyFans people all the time. Mm -hmm. However, that is not, I mean, we've been calling it a leak because that's what it goes through, but technically it's a copyright issue. The leaks where we saw, you know, Seth Rollins' ex-girlfriend posts the nude photos of Seth, of Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Becky Lynch's, or not Becky Lynch's, sorry, Alexa Bliss's ex posting photos of her when she was younger even. You know, not underage, thankfully, but, you know, younger. Yeah, yeah. Or any of that. And most importantly, the sex tape that was leaked by Paige's ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. that featured her having a three-way, if you remember. Yeah. Those were all really stolen and leaked. They were not put out by the star. They were not put out for the star. So it is not the same thing. And furthermore, the mention of the Paige thing makes me sick. And this is why. Paige very openly has said that that caused depression mm-hmm. and caused her thinking about taking her own life. How fucking on your high horse because you want to jerk off to Mandy Rose can you be to take somebody's worst fucking day of their life that turned into years and to this day because that tape is still out there. Mm -hmm. How do you take somebody's worst fucking moments that made them questioning being alive and go, well, you know, they didn't fire her for that. 
Well, why would they fire her for that? Why would have they fired Paige for a tape that fucking almost made her contemplate ending her own life? Huh? Let's be honest there. Why did, why would they fire her? And the excuse of, well, they, they put that in the battle rap between the New Day and the Usos. Okay, they made a tongue-in-cheek jab about it later on. After all parties were over it and it was in the ground. Mm-hmm. So they took a tongue-in-cheek jab. Okay, that didn't mean they promoted it. Yeah. Also on top of that, it doesn't mean anybody was promoting anything. That's disturbing. To your justification, and I'm sorry, if your justification is to defend Mandy Rose because you enjoy spanking it to Mandy Rose, that's fine. She still has a site where you can pay $25 plus tips, and you can get all that wonderful bean footage, if you will. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine, but to compare it to probably the worst moment of anyone's life, that's fucking sick. In my opinion. There is no comparison to be made. The difference is, in those cases, like Pages, Seth Rollins, they were leaked. They were not being used for monetary reasons. They didn't want them out on the internet. And yeah, they were absolutely embarrassed by that getting leaked. But that was a situation out of their hands. If you're making a subscription service, that's a different story. And it's a shame that it did get leaked out by some fans but still, it's a difference of something that should never have gone to the light of day to somebody that was using for subscription service. Yeah, for, for monetary reasons. Yeah. Also, I saw China and X-Pac. China and X-Pac made that sex tape maybe while they were in WWE, but they didn't release it until they were not in WWE. So, and that was a sex tape. That's That was released by them. So, that's not even the same ball game. They weren't with the company. They made some money. Mm-hmm. So, technically, the only thing that they share in common with Mandy Rose is Mandy Rose did it to make money just like them. The only difference is they, she was still working with the company and they weren't. Yeah. So it is what it is, people. Once again, I don't think she did anything wrong per se, but she did violate company policy at a, the worst fucking possible time to have something like that come out. And once a big, big uh, conglomerate like Mattel threatened to pull out, you're gonna, they're not going to choose Mandy Rose over somebody who's paying them a shit ton of money. They're a publicly, publicly shared company with a big year in their fiscal future coming up. They can't afford to take a PR hit like this. And unfortunately, it's in the contracts of who they have because who else currently on the roster has a, a setup like Mandy did? I don't know. That's the thing. I don't think anybody but this is a direct, currently. But this is a direct message to any of them that, hey, we're not fucking around. It's going to get you fired. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't think anybody else on the roster currently had a setup like like she has. I know the people that have left the company have something set up in, in the same way uh, uh well, I didn't know some people picked up on Scarlett's OnlyFans, but Scarlett stopped her OnlyFans as soon as she was right. Saying. Yeah, no, I was thinking um Lana. Lana, yes, yeah, she has some stuff set up. Yeah, but like I said, she's not with the company anymore. Right, that's the and thing. Scarlett did start an OnlyFans. She had one before, and then she stopped, and then she had it again when she got uh, fired the first time. Since they've been back, she's not done that. Mm-hmm. So, and also, it's not like if you're also taking bikini photos, they were fine with that. Yeah, they're fine with that stuff. It's just the oversexualized stuff that they have to sell to marketing. Mm-hmm. And once again, you're representing that company, and in if you don't understand it, unfortunately, you really need to sit down and make sure you look over the paperwork you signed at your job. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of people, especially if you're working for corporations, have these things in their job. And there's people who lose their jobs, even at fast food places and fucking grocery stores and retail stores, for having OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're doing well enough on OnlyFans, I don't know why you have that job. But hey, yeah, people are losing their jobs. Just throwing it out there. So she's not impervious to anything else for anybody else. Once again, did it bother me? No. But I'm also not going to sit here. We call it right down the fucking middle. Mm -hmm. There's a reason she was fired. That happened. 
it is it is what it is and no matter how much you're panning for it go uh, be a, more than happy do not watch a lot of you i don't think we're watching wrestling anyways mm-hmm. and so there you go and if you were watching and you know that really upset you that sucks but that's your choice to watch or not watch. Exactly. And if she goes to AEW, you can follow her. And somebody, well, AEW doesn't care. Well, AEW doesn't have the big major contracts like WWE does. Exactly. I don't think that they do. I don't want to hear, well, they're on WB. WB's one fucking mistake away from going out of business currently. If you haven't read the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they are in a shit world of trouble. Not AEW, WB, Warner Brothers Discovery. Not good signs over there. Yeah. But, you know, here's the thing. They don't, they're not a publicly traded company and they're not dealing with giant fucking Mattel, you know, deals. They're not dealing with 2K. They're not dealing with having a contract that possibly will put them on a Disney network owned company. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, Disney has said they are going to be in the hunt for television for them. So, <laughs> yeah. And one, that's not a shot at tr- the AEW even. So don't take it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they get away with a lot fucking more on that channel. Yeah, they're not Although as... Although, they have gotten cracked down on in the blood, hence why you don't see as much blood on TV now, because WBD said, nah, no. Right, but as far as who's got the bigger profile in the business world right now, it's WWE, hands down. They have much more to lose with a bad publicity fr- coming from this than AEW does at this time. So, they really just need to kind of focus in and make sure with their sales, you know, obviously their deal's coming up next year. WWE really needs to drive home that point that they can't have this type of behavior going on. If AEW allows it, that's their business. But they're you're, they're on a different landscape right now, people. Well, let's get off the controversial stuff. Like I said, if you don't agree with us, that is absolutely fine. But you have to understand where it's coming from. Yes, it, you know, it is, you know, the outrage that's on there, you know, is is a little crazy. Not not as crazy as the James Gunn stuff with DC. <laughs> that's a whole other ball game. Yeah. But, I thought the toxic wrestling Twitter was bad until recently. Uh, so at least you guys haven't hit that level yet. Uh, so let's move on to something a little more fun and rumor. Mm-hmm. I want to stress rumor. There's a lot of the wrestling journalists talking about this. So there might, where there's smoke, there may be fire, but it might not happen. It may be rumor. I would like to remind you all in a little song how we uh, kind of come about these things. And that is normally wrestling journalists, let's be honest. However, there are some good ones out there, and they do some good work, and there's a lot of respected ones right now that are picking up and calling this a rumor. I know that uh, certain people on different platforms have called this a rumor and speculation, hence why we want to talk about it. Also, we like to sometimes speculate on things because it's fun. Mm -hmm. So the rumor right now is going around that inside of WWE's internal offices for the Royal Rumble, not that fake fucking one that came out, which everybody in the wrestling know said, that's not real. Yeah. Uh, But there is some say that, on the uh, internals, emails, or whatever, there is a spot in the Royal Rumble. They don't say they know who's in the spots. There's nobody who has a list, but there is a spot being talked about that's saved, and it's just labeled Forbidden Door. That there's a spot in the Rumble they keep talking about in internal things that's just labeled Forbidden Door. So that's all it says, Forbidden Door. Now, that, of course, gets everybody talking about the internet. And everybody's like the AEW, Tony Khan, made the Forbidden Door fucking popular, as we all know. They even named a pay-per-view after it. So now you go, well, what could it be? Well, a lot of that speculation is leaning around the fact that coming up on January 1st for Pro Wrestling Noah, which is a subsidiary now of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Shinsuke Nakamura will take on the Great Muda. Shinsuke Nakamura is very muchly under WWE contract. As a matter of fact, not that long ago, re-upped. 
So mm. he's definitely under WWE contract, but WWE is allowing him to do this. Fast forward on January 4th. I do believe that match has been set for the 4th. Or it, may, it might end up being such the 5th. That's the bad part about uh, Wrestle Kingdom now with two days. Yeah. But we know that Carl Anderson will be defending the Never Open Weight title at that event. Mm. Probably Luke Gallows will corner him, I would assume. So we know that that is definitely happening. Once again, WWE is allowing a contracted worker to go do work in New Japan. New Japan promoted when Carl Anderson got signed. Mm. And they also, they did a little work where they were like, oh, you know, you're trying to steal out on us. But now we know it's a work. So this whole time they had this in place to do a, a big show for the Tokyo Dome. I enjoy that. Yes. So with that being said, WWE has started to do this business relationship with New Japan. So when you see Forbidden Door, you can only ho- only speculate that Forbidden Door is New Japan because obviously WWE probably wants something in return. So my question to you, A, do you what what is your percentage on this Forbidden Door spot that's being allegedly talked about? And B, do you think it's a New Japan person or do you think it's somebody else? And do you have any guesses? I will give mine after yours, but the floor is yours. Ken M, what is your thoughts? Percentage, 90%. You think it's big? High, huh? I think it's high. I think the new regime of Triple H is definitely going to want to make a statement with his first Royal Rumble as the head person. And I think that we could have anybody from New Japan, uh, not Bronson Reed, who just debuted on Raw, just getting a message oh, from yeah, Padawan just, Jake. Yeah, just got a message. Bronson Reed has returned to World Wrestling Entertainment. And I do believe he's wrestling on the Tokyo Dome show. Yes. So, food for thought there. But yes, uh, that is according from Padawan Jay, who's texting in right now. So, that being said, there's only a couple handfuls of names that I think you can throw in there. A Will Osprey, uh, an Okada, or even my pick, which I'm going to say is Kota Ibushi. Mm, very good picks. Very good. Picks. I think in the case of W, like, hear me out. And this is not a shot at AEW. Once again, WWE is just a bigger company. Uh, New Japan wants some more of a foot in the United States. That's why they've been working with AEW and allegedly Ring of Honor coming up as well. Mm-hmm. So I a very smart move. They have NJPW strong. They've already got a little footprint here, and they want to make that footprint bigger. Working with WWE to bring some talent over for some big matches and, and et cetera is always a good way to start. And also, it does benefit them to feature their talent, if possible, in a big thing like the Royal Rumble. Yes. Because that is going to get the most eyes. Like I said, no offense to AEW, but more people are going to watch the Rumble than watch an AEW event. Absolutely, it's true. And it's not shitting on it. No, once it's again, not, but once again, it's fact. The Rumble, we already found out, highest grossing Royal Rumble of all time. It's a $5 million gate just at the, just at the fucking stadium. Yes. Just at the stadium. I do believe it's the Alamo Dome or whatever they call it now in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is this still call it the Alamo Dome? They I might think so. The name. I think so. But anyways, that's where we're getting it from. So here's how I look at it. Here's how I look at it. Nobody's off limits. If this is going to be a New Japan guy, nobody's off limits. Whereas before, I know Okada did Forbidden Door, but outside of that, Okada isn't making TV appearances for AEW. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I get it. He's a big name. Yes. I don't think he's off limits for a Royal Rumble. I'm not saying it's going to be him. I think he's off. I don't think he's off limits, though. It could be Okada. I like your pick of Kota Ibushi, especially now there's rumblings that he's making his return to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. So that would be cool. People know him. It'd be good. I'm leaning more towards if it's going to be a New Japan guy, Switchblade Jay White Ooh. is my main pick. And the reason being is that, A, he's a graining IWGP World's Heavyweight Champion. I don't know if that'll be the case by the time of the Royal Rumble. That's going to depend on the title match at Wrestle Kingdom. However, 
he is still a big enough name. He wrestles the style. And if you could have him come in and wrestle, you know, enter at like number fucking five and have him go to the final four, have him be in the, you know, get eliminated at 23, have him get a nice run. He gets everybody on, you know, get in there and people are going to look at your product. So I think he's one of the guys that I would pick on high. I think I would also say Tamatanga. Oh, Although we have me. speculated about his future, whether we don't know if he's going to be staying with New Japan, if he's going to be leaving, he might be coming to WWE, period. So that might not be the case because he's just coming to the company. Mm-hmm. However, Tamatanga, you know, his father being Haku, he's one of the guys who is the found, one of the founding members of the Bullet Club. Be a cool get for for uh, WWE as well on the lower end. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Okada if you're going to if, if they're working on a deal for New Japan. That wouldn't be a shock to me. No, it definitely shouldn't be a shock if they're going to really make this deal happen. And I fully believe they are. I think this year's Royal Rumble is going to have more surprises in recent memory than we've seen. So that being said, they're going to have a very big name show up for this one. I also want to point out that I, I'm I'm a little more reserved than you. I'm going to say 70-30, 70% in favor. Okay. Because uh, I, I do think that they're, I think there's got to be something that they're building to. Uh, because there's a lot of been, there's been a lot of talent exchanges with WWE to make things happen. So I don't know if they would do things differently. Does that make sense? No, that's fair. So I'm looking right now and it looks like they have the Carl Anderson match going on at, uh, on the fourth. So it is official that it's Carl Anderson with Luke Gallows in his corner, taking on Tama Tango with, uh, Jado in his corner. Okay. So that is going down at Wrestle Kingdom on the 4th of January. Also, uh, remember we were hearing a lot of things of Kyrie defending the IWGP Women's Championship against Sasha Banks, possibly. Mm-hmm. Right now on paper, they got Tom Nakano okay. as the challenger. Uh, just throwing that out there, that is also on the 4th. Uh, once again, subject to change. They could move stuff off the 4th because I'm not seeing uh, the matches listed for the 5th yet. So just throwing that out to the world because they don't have a card subject to change. They don't have anything listed so far. That doesn't mean it won't change. Also, the main event will be Jay White versus Okada for the IWGP World Heavyweight title, which we already knew. And, of course, the semi-main, if you will, will be Will Ospreay taking on Kenny Omega for the IWGP United States title. So Mm -hmm. they've got a loaded card. And, uh, by the way, Wrestle Kingdom, we're going to be previewing Wrestle Kingdom starting next week. Yes. Uh, so because we have the big week with the Brodies coming up, the following, uh, the first one of uh, January, plus also our show will be coming out around the same time that uh, the Wrestle Kingdom Day Night 1 starts. Well, not at the same time in the morning, but the same day. So it wouldn't give enough people time for people to listen. We're going to do the first part of the preview that we know of next week on the show. And then we will preview any matches that get added on the one right before and tell everybody to go back to the other show for the rest of the preview. That way we can give New Japan the proper preview it deserves for Wrestle Kingdom, which is one of my favorite events of every year. So speaking of that, let's end the show strong, and we're going to end the show talking about the Brody Awards. Now, first and foremost, the 2022 Brodies will go down on the first show of January in 2023. So right, right as, as we speak, that will the show will come out on January 3rd. Yes. So January 3rd, uh, the show that comes out on January 3rd, will, it's two weeks, two episodes from now, I should say, is going to feature the Brodies. The Brodies are a year-end award. The Brodies are named, of course, after... Brody Lee, who I was friends with when he spent time in 2CW, where I also worked as uh, in, in the back, brother. So uh, I did know him, and in honor of him and his passing, we decided at that point in juncture, we'd take our yearly awards, which we have done for a long time, and we would just turn them in, in to honor him, call them the Brodies. So the Brodies will be going down that day, and we'll dive a little bit more in there. That's why I'm not getting too too much into it. But 
Ken M, you can find a ballot. This is going to be the first year that we opened up a real ballot where people can vote for not, not our options. We didn't give you like, oh, pick four, give you a poll. No, 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 no. You can vote for whatever, write in whatever match you want. So first of all, where do they go to get the ballot for the Brodies? Very simply, you swing right over to the front page of odphpodcast.com and click on the graphic. Can't make it any simpler, so you fill out the form with your email, and then we give you the rundown of the topics. Okay, so and then you can just literally write in whatever you want, fill out every section, mm-hmm. and then you submit it, correct? Correct. And then we get the tally, and then we're going to give out, when we do it, we're going to give out the top three fan picks mm-hmm. for each subject, and on top of that, in, in the order that they vote, were voted for, so you can vote for anything, and then we'll give you our picks as well. Correct. Because that's how we do it. In the past, we've done a couple poll ones, and in the past, we've also just done ours. So this year, we wanted to open it up and give you the top moments as voted by the people out there who listen to 607 TWS and also re- any wrestling fan. So if you have a friend that does not listen necessarily, just tell them to visit odphpodcast.com and click on it and put their ballot in because mm-hmm. their voice will be heard. So now, with that being said, real quick, we're going to do a rundown of what's on the ballot. You have until, I do believe, December 29th, correct? We gave it till the 29th, so you can definitely get all your ballots in. So you do have some time to do it, but we want you to act quickly because we don't want anybody to say, like, January 3rd, they try clicking in during the middle of the show. We're shutting off the ballots early to tally them up, have everything all set to go for that first episode of 2023. So you've got around 10 days to get your ballot in. Uh, we did open it up last week, but and we've already got a bunch of ballots in too. Yes, we do. So make sure you get those in. So real quick, let's do a rundown. And if there's anything we have to explain about it, they're mostly uh, you know, basic. You, you'll understand right away. So what is a rundown of what we have for the Brodies and the topics and categories? The first category is Breakout Star of the Year. So this does not need to be a rookie of the year. This could be just any person who last year or you know years past was not at the uh, level of the game that they're at now. And it can't be somebody who like broke out the year before. So like if they've just continued to elevate, that's not really what the breakout star for. It's who is coming to the scene. So it could be a rookie mm-hmm. or it could be somebody who's just put in that extra work and went from being a guy that nobody was talking about, whether it's in WWE, AEW, or on the indies or in Japan or anywhere to now being a must-talk-about guy as a future star or a person who is rising to a star level. Yes. The next category is the WTF moment of the year. This is the moment that made you say, what the fuck? Yes. <laughs> it's what it sounds like. So this is not a, it could be a match, mm-hmm. but it could also be a promo segment. It could also be an incident that happened either in real life or in just part of an angle. Uh, it could be uh, tons of things, but it has to be something that's shocking and made you go, what the fuck? Yes. Next up is best moment of the year. See, this is different than what the fuck moment. This is where I wanted to get into it a little bit because best moment of the year is what it says. So, i.e., uh, just to use an example, I'm not saying this is what I'm going to pick, but some people might pick Cody Rhodes showing up at WrestleMania mm-hmm. as the best moment of the year. That's, you know, it's that moment they went, oh, fuck, or MJF returning uh, to win the casino battle royale chip <laughs> gimmick. You know yes. what I mean? So, take one of those on it and like one of that, something like that. Big moment that meant a lot in the year 2022. Mm-hmm. Next up is tag team match of the year. So this is your favorite tag team match. Only tag team matches. This can be women's division. This can be mm-hmm. intergender. This can be men. It doesn't matter. Whatever you think is your favorite tag team match of the year. Cannot wait to hear more from people on this. I know what my pick is, and I have a feeling I know what a lot of people are voting for as well. Yeah, It might not be my pick, but it might be a lot of people's picks. 
Next one is Tag Team of the Year. There you go, and that's self-explanatory. What's your favorite tag team of 2022? Who's the best tag team of 2022? Next up, Female Wrestler of the Year. Yes, Female Wrestler of the Year is what you're the best female star of wrestling in the year and it is by what the wrestler identifies it mm-hmm. so if you would like to write in a trans wrestler there that is perfectly fine yes i don't you know we are accepting of everything i just want to lay it out there so although i will tell you this if you were to write a trans woman into the male wrestler of the year we will not mention it or vote for it mm-hmm. and vice versa i just want to throw that out there because be respectful mm-hmm. i don't think we have fans that would do that i just want to throw that out there because I know there's a certain level of the wrestling fan that would do something like that. So yeah. be forewarned, we'll never say it. No, but we can also find your emails too. Yeah, yeah, that 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 would help out. That's that's why it's required in here. So definitely show us the respect. We'll show you the respect. Absolutely. Next up, male wrestler of the year. Male wrestler of the year. Once again, the male wrestler or the person who identifies as a male wrestler of the year. Mm-hmm. Whoever you want to pick, that is your choice. Next up is event slash card of the year. So this is pay-per-view premium live event, fight.tv event, whatever. Whatever you thought was the best event or card of the year, top to bottom, it could be all out. It could be WrestleMania. It could be, you know, Wrestle Kingdom. It could be anything. It could be a GCW show. It doesn't matter. Whatever you thought was the best event slash card of the year, that is your vote. Next up is promotion of the year. I want to make this very clear. This is not just about money. This is about what promotion got you fired up for wrestling. So Game Changer Wrestling could be your winner here. Also, you could have New Japan Pro Wrestling, WWE, AEW. All of them could be your pick. So don't think that you cannot that you have to put one of the major companies there. It can be an indie company. It's whatever promotion has you fired up about wrestling should be your promotion of the year. And last but certainly not least, the premier Brody to win match of the year. And that's self-explanatory. What do you think is the best singles match? You could put a gimmick match in there as well. You could put a tag match there, but we do do them separate for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. But if you would, cho- if hey, maybe you, <laughs> you want to put it on there twice, that's fine with us. It can literally be any match. Yes. Uh, so don't think you have to, you know, button yourself into a a one-on-one match. It could be a six-way. It could be a six-man tag. It could be a six-woman tag. It could be a Hell in a Cell match. It could be a Royal Rumble for, for crying out loud. Or you could vote for the same tag match twice if you really want to. Although we, the reason why we separate them is we would like to give you the opportunity to do both. Mm-hmm. And that's what I usually do every year is do both. But you can choose. You are the pilot of your own destiny when it comes to your ballot for the Brodies. Just remember, the dates to remember, December 29th is the cutoff date. Make sure you have the ballots in. You can write in anything. If you are disrespectful in the ballots, we will not only not read them on air, but it's just kind of shitty. Let's be honest. And like I said, I don't think we foster that here. We no. try to foster a positive wrestling environment. Yes, we can be, we can talk and, and say that things aren't good, but we're never negative and, hey, you should be brand out of business or anything like that. As long as you're not doing that, that's why I said do not, be the guy that's like, oh, so and so, and the male wrestler of the year. No, yeah, take that's that, just, take that shit elsewhere. Just, yeah, like I said, I don't think it'll be a problem. I just want to nip it in the bud to say I will never read the name. No, because I've already, even if it was the top three. Yeah, no, I've already started going through just seeing some of the results, getting a temp in the room. Everybody so far has put some really good picks in. So awesome, and like I said, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if you guys do an awesome job. I have faith in you guys because obviously you're listening to us, and we're calling right down the middle. So we we expect you to do the same and be respectful. So. With that being said, that is going that is going to be it for the wrestling coverage on the show. Before we go, though, Ken M, tell them real quick how to find you in the ODPH podcast. 
Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com where you can fill out the Brodies. It'll be moved to the top of the page tonight as we get done recording. I got about midway down, but I'm going to make it super easy for everybody to get there and vote. And also vote for the Cheersies if you're in the comic books as well. We've got two big uh, award shows coming up that week. Also, their classified section, which has friends of the show such as 3FN Pod, the directory, the Parley Points blog section, T Public, Patreon, music. If it's anything and everything, it is the ODPH, odphpodcast.com. I'm going to keep it simple because earlier I gave you the whole rundown for social medias, for all the links, for anything else you need to find out about the 3FN Podcast. It's simple. Take yourself to 3FNpodcast.com. That will answer all of your questions, and we always appreciate it. Well, that's going to do it for this week, 607 TWS. Next week, we will start our preview of Wrestle Kingdom. On top of that, we are going to preview some in the Indie Roundup, some really big cards going down on Fight Plus, and uh, I'm sure there'll be some wrestling news and more. Mm-hmm. That'll be coming to you next week on 607 TWS. But until then, for those of you who celebrate the holiday season, enjoy with your family and friends. Please be safe out there. And, you know, I hope you have nothing but the best and everything is is great for you. And for anybody else, even if you don't celebrate, I hope I always hope you have a great weekend and take care of yourself. Have a very safe and healthy holiday season. Absolutely. And as we always say, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later wrestling